Y'all can start. We're ready. <laughs> You're going to have such good blooper reel if you ever did, like, wanted to make one. Oh, this is going in it. This would be... Son, you can do it, everyone. You, you got your Beth Dutton shirt on. I sure You're did. You're really ready to get strategic. Some... <laughs> is she laying in the bathtub? She's my hero. I love her. And go. All right, we're back. And guess what? <laughs> can you believe... <laughs> we're already on fire, friends. But can you believe that um, it is only the first installation of our podcast and we're already giving you a bonus episode? That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. We are amazing. Mm. No, but like this bonus episode, you aren't you ain't ready for this because I feel like we're going to talk about something with boundaries that is really um, important. I also just want to note right now because we keep it real. Cam asked me for juice. We're recording at my house today. All I had was a Capri Sun. So Cam's having a Capri Sun currently. There's two of them. There's a collection of Capri, Capri Suns. Capri Suns. It's really mm-hmm. good. It is good. I just feel bad that I don't have any juice. I yeah. have Capri Sun. <laughs> You had waffles and bacon. I did. I had waffles and bacon. And Capri Sun. And Capri Sun. Anyways, we digress. But this bonus episode is actually legit because um, Jessica and I were talking about boundaries and what do you do when someone ghosts you? Yeah. Ghosting. It's going to be a hard thing to talk about. I know, but I'm really proud of you. Thanks. I mean, it's Diary of a Therapist. Tell so the we're truth. Gonna tell the truth. We tell the truth in here if you didn't realize that already after the first few episodes, but here we go. So, so something that I think is important that we clarify is like boundaries we said in our last episode are always communicated. I say always. And that, boundary that's our, isn't a boundary, a boundary unless it's that's exactly it. It mm-hmm. has to be communicated. So sometimes there's some confusion between the difference between boundary setting, wall building, rule setting in relationships. So I tell my clients that a rule tells somebody else what they can and can't do. That's a rule. You're telling some other person you can or cannot do this. Can you give me it's an not communicating what you are comfortable with. Like a rule is like what you set with your children, right? Like you may not have an iPad at the table. Yes. <laughs> That's a rule. It's a rule. Right. And so a boundary would communicate. I'm not comfortable with iPads being at the table because what's the maybe feeling attached oh, to it. Okay. It makes me feel ignored. Right. And so, like, mm-hmm. the person who maybe is bringing the iPad to the table can make a choice about whether or not they want to respect those boundaries or not. Uh-huh. So, there's still power on both sides. Right. Right. So, a rule is a one way street. Yeah. A boundary is a two way street. Really, with it is. your feelings mm-hmm. said. And, and a wall. And a wall. Walls aren't communicated. I think that that's the thing that... They aren't? Are I, not? I say they're not. I mean, mm-hmm. do you say that it's different? I say walls are not communicated. So a wall is, I'm establishing what I believe is a boundary that I didn't tell anybody about. Oh. And you're just going to kind of bump around into that not knowing what's going on. Annoying. Maybe be confused. Concussions. Yeah. Maybe have some you know, rejection trauma that comes out of that. Just like feelings of abandonment. Mm-hmm. People that have been hurt in relationships experience this a lot where they're like, wait, hold on. Can you define for me? Yeah. Right, what what I can and can't do. And Cass and I have conversations like that all the time as we're moving together and what God's calling us to do. It's like, I need the boundaries to be well-defined. I say it, she says it, because we know that good boundaries will protect healthy dynamics Mm -hmm. and relationships. But a lot of people don't understand what boundaries actually are. And so they will say, well, but you know, I got really hurt. And so I, I did blank. I stepped away, I pulled away, I blocked them, I unfriended them, I whatever those things are. And, you know, in counseling, I'm teaching my clients 
Um, that is a wall. Walls are really harmful. Boundaries. I just envision like an old cartoon where it's like doing, doing, <laughs> doing, and then like the thing on their head like raises up, like really makes you know, because that's what it is. Like that's what it feels like. Like you're annoyed as the person bumping into it, but then you're also annoyed as the person who put the wall there, and you're like, seriously, could you just back up? Right. Why do you keep bouncing into Boing. this? You're irritating me. Mm-hmm. And for healthy individuals, a lot of times they will ask the question of, "Help me understand blank." I need to understand maybe why you haven't responded to my messages. I need to understand Mm -hmm. maybe why you are ignoring me when I say, hey, let's get together. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's just not happening. But no one's saying, yes, I need to back out of this relationship. I need less. I need because of whatever. And a lot of times those those walls are built because someone's gotten injured in the relationship, but they don't want to talk about maybe why they were injured, which is a whole nother thing of unhealthy, right? Being able to have the self-awareness to say, this is what's going on in me that has created this need for distance. That's important, right? And that's something that comes out of self-awareness, seeking counsel. um, I don't know, praying, like it can come out of a lot of different things, but like being self-aware will prevent us from injuring other people. I think, well, and I think it's levels. Like when I'm thinking about this, it's like, okay, a rule is pretty much your basic, like low emotional intelligence to me. It's like anybody can throw up a rule, Uh, right? That's well said. But like, you know, then you go next to, um, oh my gosh, what'd you call it? Not a boundary. It's a boundary. Yeah. It would be a boundary. No, wall's the last one. Because see, like I think a wall is also low emotional intelligence because you don't have the courage to say to that person. I think it's cowardly, honestly. It's it's a fear-based response. It it truly is. And it's out of unhealth. Where a boundary, if I'm able to say to you, hey, Jessica... Um, I don't want to do that because it makes me feel uncomfortable or I don't want to do X or I want you to do this this way because it helps me, blah, 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 like whatever. If I'm able to give you an emotional tie to something I'm asking you to do in like you and I've had many conversations like this, like, Hey, it makes me feel X when you do like that. Can Mm -hmm. we change that? Like that might feel better to me if we did it this way. Mm -hmm. That's emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So I feel like walls are like the, almost the least emotional intelligent because you're not even telling a rule. At least you're saying a thing, a wall, you're just tossing her up and like not talking about it. And you're really hoping it's really, it's really cowardly. I'm sorry. It's really cowardly Mm -hmm. because you're at, you're wanting the other person to just adjust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you just adjust. You just do that. And I'm just going to throw this up and hope all lands well, you know? So in counseling, I mean, I have worked with counselors that have been ghosted even by clients. So I feel like this comes up sometimes where it's like you have a client maybe that no-shows for an appointment, uh, doesn't want to pay the no-show fee. Then therapist is like, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to reschedule? And I just want to put it out there that that is even hurtful to therapists when people don't say anything back to them. That. It's hard because, you know, we're genuinely holding space for the yes. clients that come into our practice. And so whenever a client just says nothing, I have worked with my own staff. I've worked with therapists that are clients of mine that have said, this is really hard. It is hard. You know, how do I navigate this when they don't even want to reply at all? Yeah. And Especially one of the things, when it's intimate. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so one of the things that I we'll talk about with those individuals is just like figuring out how to lower that expectation of like, you know, what you just said, there are degrees of emotional intellect. And if you have that expectation that people are going to function in this way that hopefully as good counselors were modeling, our hope would be that our clients would say, Hey, you know what? 
I don't think you're a good fit for me. Right. But I hear a lot of times people say like, oh, I don't want to tell my therapist that because I, I'm going to hurt their feelings. And I'm like, what is hurtful is not when yeah, you say, no I'm not sure if we click well. I'm like, I love it when clients yeah, say that. Like, Great. Let me give I'm, you some names. Yes. I'm like, let's find somebody that mm-hmm. is because that's that doesn't hurt me. That helps me to see like, if you're not clicking with your provider, let us find somebody that yeah. you will click with because you're going to heal better in that space. Because a healthy therapist wants that anyway. Yes. And perhaps unhealthy therapists do not. And if that is you, please go check yourself and please maybe do your own work. check yourself before you wreck yourself. Please. It's real. Please. But listen, I have to say, I said the word intimate. And I want to be very clear because people take things out of context <laughs> and you just have to be careful. When I say intimate, I think the counseling experience is intimate. Oh, I mean, it is. it is not sexually intimate or physically intimate, but it's this space where you're like, I am a person in the room with you. Mm-hmm. People don't think that of counselors. I'm like, I'm a human being. And mm-hmm. honestly, this resonates with me big time because rejection is one of my things. One of my things is part of my story, you yeah, know, and my mom died when I was really, really young. And so rejection is a go-to for me. The, the the enemy will bring me easily. So when someone doesn't show up for an appointment or doesn't talk to me or even like I get, I'm like, they didn't respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can get in that space and I've had to really do some work to up my emotional intelligence to be like, you know what? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's you. Mm-hmm. This is me. I'm dealing with my emotions. I don't need to have that response. It's Okay. We'll, we'll work it out and you you do you. Like I can't, I can't yeah. hold that for you. That's a really good point because even in our relationship, um, early on we had conversations like around even like text conversations, you know, like, hey, if I send a text message to you and you don't respond, I feel blank. She's saying that to me because, right? yes. But I mean, I have it too. I, I will read your text message and then maybe. Have I sat in the bathtub and cried to you, Cassie? Sitting on the phone, talking to my friend, being like, this is what I'm afraid of. I mean, like we both yeah. have been really vulnerable and honest about the places where we're fearful of being hurt and rejected by one another. In my so own story. I answer her text messages now in yes. a timely way. I mean, yes, most of the time, but we're also moms. <laughs> she just, it's like, here comes the bus. No, because <laughs> we don't always, but because we've had the conversation, yes. yeah. I am not like fish out of water. Right. She's not like fish you out know, of water. You know she's now. like, oh, it's Thursday. Uh, she goes clinic day and then she's in her PJs for the rest of the day in her phone somewhere else. She yes. knows that about mm-hmm. me, right? And so as a result of that, it's not like, we're, nobody's on high alert. Nobody is responding out of their trauma because we had these little conversations. Right. They right. weren't big conversations. It was just be aware. But I'm telling right? you, high communication breeds intimacy. It's true. Every time. And like the more you can communicate about a boundary, the more you can communicate about any of it, the higher emotional intelligence you're displaying. But okay, I feel like you have a really good story that you want to share. I have a really hard story. A hard story. It's a good story because I'm proud of you for talking about Thanks. it. But I think it also shows that we are human and how it feels on the other side of a wall. Yeah. That's where I Yeah, that's that's it. On the other side of a wall. This is me queuing her up. So man, here's the deal. Uh, this is a hard story to talk about. And um, you know, I'm in a close-knit community. I work inside of a birth center. As a result of that, there are intimate relationships that are formed. We're supporting women and doing co-care um, with those women, meaning I'm working with uh, midwives and lactation consultants and physicians and uh, doulas and all kinds of stuff. And we're, we're really rallying around the women we support. And so you build bonds and relationships. And I've been doing that work for about 12 years now. So um, a couple of years ago, um, some really close friends and I went through something really hard. 
Um, one of the women in our really close knit group um, endured the loss of a baby. She had a miscarriage um, and it was something that was really, really difficult, um, you know, especially uh, primarily for that mom um, as she walked through that. It was really a difficult thing. And um, this story is not, you know, not, we're not going to, um, I'm not going to share things about that part of the story, but that, that is kind of what led to some brokenness in a relationship. And um, there was some, you know, confusion during that time because guys, grief will produce a lot of dissonance in relationships. Grief will produce a lot of confusion mm. because different people handle grief yep. in different ways. Yeah. And if you aren't, uh, I would say healthy in the way that you process pain like that, that is a, a vital place where relationships can fall apart. And I knew that because I'm a mental health provider. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of watching this happen with my friend group and my anxiety level was like level nine. Like from the, from the beginning, I was like, everything's going to fall apart. That's what I felt like. And it did. I mean, um, one of the people that were, I was really, really close to um, ended up feeling really misunderstood by some things that happened and um, made a decision to, to, I mean, there's no other word for it, but to ghost us and to remove herself from the relationship. And I would say, I told Cass whenever I was kind of prepping for this episode that of the traumas that I've experienced in my life, being completely emotionally cut off from a person like this was of the top five of what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. And top I've lost my traumas. dad. Yeah, yeah, I've lost my dad. Um, I've, I've endured some other things in my life that I'll talk about later that were really hard, but like to say that that is a top five is I think powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. Thank you. That is hard to say. In thinking about doing this episode, I felt really, I felt like really, um, impressed to do it because I'm like, man, we have to talk about the right way to move out of relational dynamics. We have to talk about when you need to step out of a relationship. That's Okay. There yeah, are times totally. when we need to set firm boundaries. Yeah. We need to step back out of the relationship, maybe to get perspective. Maybe we don't ever intend to go back into those relationships. That's okay too. And I'll say I've had relationships that have ended in peaceful ways that it was like, you know, maybe time or distance or just a difference in personality led to kind of the fizzling out of those relationships, but it was well communicated and I was okay. There wasn't trauma that came out of it. In this situation, there was two kind of prongs that I think I, I think is important for us to talk about. The first is ghosting. So in my situation, I had a couple of different times where this woman um, just blocked and unfriend me and didn't say anything. Unfriended me on Facebook. I don't use social media a lot, so I didn't even notice that. Blocked me though on group threads that were on with other friends and then had blocked me like individually. So I'm sending messages and I'm not getting responses and I don't really notice that I'm not hypersensitive to that. So I didn't know really what was going on until it was like an extended period of time. Well, and let me just say um, to everyone, I don't know this person, right? but no, okay. Like, (laughs) no, okay. Like that is not okay. Like if you are going to do that to someone without communicating it, it really, to me, shows a sign of immaturity. Um, even if you are talking about an abusive person, I think there's Truth. still the ability to say, I am not tolerating your behavior anymore. I am blocking you right now. Like, okay, you said it. It doesn't have to be a big, long, drawn-out conversation, but let's be grown-ups yeah. and let's do that. That's what teenagers do, and that's the stuff that I deal with teens about. Like, this mm-hmm. is immature business. And, like, even teens some are better than that. Of, of just cutting someone off. It is, it is not healthy and it's not the way to do anything because you're really not protecting yourself. 
it's true. In any in any way, because that person is only going to bang their head against that wall even all the more because you're literally like, can you give me something? A no, yeah. a yes, a hello, a wave, mm-hmm. whatever it is, just give me a little something back. Um, an F you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if that's what you want to say, like that's what you say. But it's like, give me something. Yeah. Well, in my situation, I didn't notice it. So what happened was when she circled back and was like, hey, I blocked you for the last 30 days. I was like, oh, that explains a lot. Also, why? Like, can we talk? <laughs> what happened that you felt the need to do that for that long? And maybe I am not a good hearer. I feel like I am. I do listen to people. Um, <laughs> here for a living. <laughs> professionally. But um, in, my ca- in my situation, it never made sense why that needed to be established at all. That never made sense to me. Well, and the fact that she even had a time restraint. Like, it was like, I have blocked you for 30 days, and now the 30 days is over. Like, right. you knew you were going to block me for 30 days, but you didn't do just, a thing. Just didn't with, tell you about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, so I feel like it was kind of almost like that secondary trauma of, wait, like, what? Mm-hmm. You have outed me in your life for a whole 30 days, and I didn't know, right? So that was the one prong, right? Ghosting, um, mm-hmm. blocking, unfriending, like, just moving away without there being a, here's why I need to do this. Or even people will say, like, well, I established a boundary because I said, um, I'm blocking you. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That is not, <laughs> that is not establishing a boundary because we're still not communicating. Right. Hey, this is something. This is part of what's going Less on. And I agree. Yeah. Does it need to be long and drawn out? But something is better than not communicating Well, and then to come all. back around and be like, so, I'm sorry, I don't know this person, but it's like kind of comical. Like, well, soap blocked you. Just, just so-, so you know. But do you know what that's saying too? Is that saying you're trying to put yourself in a hierarchy I do not love hierarchies. You'll hear me talk about this. I hate them. Because basically what you're saying is like, my needs are more important than your needs. It was exactly like that. And that's not even right. Yeah. And so it produced something in me over time, right? So there's this first occasion, second occasion of being blocked and unfriended. That led to a conversation that was a super hard conversation. And this is my second prong. I'm not going to go into that conversation. It did get heated. I will just say, in case anybody that knows this person ends up listening to it, I did get loud. I did get real mad. I did lose my temper. I am a human. That well, all happened. Um, can right? we just say, yeah, because if someone were to say to me, you're on another 30-day hiatus, <laughs> I'd be like, what the what? heck? <laughs> what is going like, on? Okay, what in the world? So Communicate. There, <laughs> there was for sure desperation in me to understand because this relationship is really important to me and I wanted to protect it. I wanted to preserve it. I wanted to keep it. Looking back on it, I was I, I had to do my own self-reflection of like, why was that relationship mm-hmm. so important to me? Why did I want to preserve yeah. and maintain yeah. it? And I think that, again, that level of self-worth is good. I think that looking at relationship rings and constantly evaluating the relationships you have in your life and asking these questions of, is this person evaluating and, and believing I am in the same relationship ring space as I would put them in. I think you so. have to tell people really quickly, uh, maybe one minute about relationship rings and what that looks like. Okay. So imagine a bullseye. Um, I tell my client center of the bullseye, the very, like a target symbol, right? This is very symbol uh, center of that. Like target is like your core people. And then as you move out of that bullseye, um, there are relational, um, uh, dynamics that you have with people that I would say like your first tier, there's usually like maybe two or three people in that tier. And then it kind of branches out from there. Every tier probably has more people in it, but there's less proximity to your heart mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes what happens is there's a disalignment in a relationship ring where maybe I would have put this person in maybe like a first tier. Yeah. And yeah. maybe she was putting me the whole time in like third or fourth tier. And I just didn't get it. Like, yeah. I just thought we were super close yeah. because of things I said, saw and experienced. And maybe in her world, she didn't feel like that. And so as a result of that, 
um, there was there was not the synchrony that I thought was there. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important. And I literally talked to Cass about this last night that your actions and your behaviors follow through with the things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So in this situation, you know, she would say things to me like you are family. And I was like, you can't say that to yeah. me if you're not going to carry that out. If you're like, not in the center of my bullseye. That's right. Don't be like, putting me in the third that tier. That scares me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But whenever people say that and they're like, man, we're family, we're going to do life together forever. And then there's a break. Yeah. Whew. That's so hard. Well, and I just want to say, you know, um, kind of my, my approach at a lot of things is to give people an action item. And I know I have, we haven't really done that much in this podcast, but I think it's good for you to maybe do this in your own life. Like what's your circles look like? Like who's on your inside? And, and if you have somebody that you're like, I don't really know, like maybe a conversation is warranted to be like, Hey, I see you as a tier two person but i just want to make sure that that is how you feel about me too or like that that's a great place for you to be in my life or um i think just even asking yourself asking the lord like what what where do they fall you Mm -hmm. know because i think it's just healthy it's healthy Mm -hmm. to see where people are and i think sometimes the visual of it like i'm i know not everybody might want to write it but it's sometimes good just to write down who you have in your corner like even if it's a tier three person, those are people in your corner. Sure. There might just be a little further down the road, but mm-hmm. they're in your corner. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's uh, a healthy. So that's my action item for the day. No, I totally agree. And I think too, as a counselor, I crave those really deep relationships and there's not many of them that I have. There's not many of them that I'll work to maintain because I'm just like, if you can't go into those deep spaces with me, yeah. um, you know, I, I can't make that investment uh-huh. with you either because then, you know, I just become a free counselor in your life. And I have oh, to protect that. Oh, you know, that's another whole episode. That's a whole episode. It is because I don't know about you, but for me, I have been hurt in relationships because I want to love people well in their pain. And then whenever I'm going through something, oh, which I feel like this represented, where are you going through something really hard and then having a person be like, yeah, I can't do that. And I back away. This. We have to talk about this. In another that's episode. hard. That's hard. That's really hard. I could really digress. So let's talk about the second prong. So first prong being just like the cutoff. Uh, you know, Murray Bowen would say emotional cutoff. Murray like, says Murray Bowen. So, oh, oh, Murray. Murray is the He's father a family. of family yes. therapy. Family systems. Murray. Systems. Wonderful. We love Murray. If you ever get a chance to look at, if you're not a therapist or even if you are, I think systemic work really is the foundation of, we all are in systems. And what yes. she's describing really is that like the target is like, okay, you have this system that you're part of, then you're part mm-hmm. of this system and this system. Um, anyway, yeah, and they're all, it is all really modeled after family of origin. It is. And so it's crazy to watch family that be repeated of, yeah, over yeah. and over again, even in the relationships that you have with friends, yep. you're functioning oh. in a particular role. 100%. So it's super interesting. Also, though, I will say to you, um, if you, you were talking about Murray Bowen and you were talking about like a cutoff. And I think one question that we'd love for you just to comment on somehow, or just um, let us know what your thoughts are is, is a cutoff ever healthy? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's kind of a universal question that people ask in family therapy. We're talking about it. We're talking about it like walls and we're saying really, no, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's healthy to have it. We're not saying it's not healthy to set a boundary. It's really how you do it it's with the wall. It. But I think that might be something to put in the in the comments for us or to um, just let us know is like, what do you think? Like, is it ever healthy just to have a full-on cutoff? So go ahead. Talk about cutoff. 
Oh, I think it is healthy, but are we allowed to say that? Yeah, say what we're allowed to say whatever we want. (laughs) I I mean, I don't want to give the answer away, but yeah, it is healthy to emotionally cut off. And I said at the beginning, before I started talking a little bit about my story, if this person in my life had said, Hey, this is why I need to back out of the relationship. These are my needs. This is what's happened. That's created pain for me. Um, 1000% okay to, to say like, Hey, I've been hurt in this relationship. This is what I need. You know, um, I've counseled hundreds of women that have been in abusive relationships and there have been women that I've counseled towards no contact and saying like, yeah, we let's take a break from that relationship to actually heal. Mm-hmm. Goal being at some point to have some measure of reconciliation a lot of times. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's not possible mm-hmm. and that's okay. But most of the time when we're talking about going no contact, we're still working through the emotions that are necessary to set good boundaries with those people. Because you know, I tell my clients all things laden with love and grace. We are not trying to hurt other people while we heal. Even if those people have been really mm-hmm. harmful to us, we're not trying to reactively kind of bite them like a viper and be like, ah, look at this. Yeah. I can build this wall. I can get away from you. Never have access to me. And then somehow that produces healing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, the distance can create healing. That is truth. Mm-hmm. And so in, in you know, this relationship that I'm talking about, if this individual had you know, just moved back and said, I need to take some time to heal from all of this, 1000%, there would have been so much grace for that. That's not what happened for us though. And so like- the, the two prongs that I'm talking about here is this ghosting, emotional cutoff, clinical term. Um, that was one side of it. And because we synthesize, you know, the emotional and the spiritual, the other side of it was the reason that she, you know, said she needed this is because Jesus told her to do it. Uh, Guys, if you've ever you, experienced you like that, because that, that's right? my feeling. Uh. Oh, it was awful. And <sighs> it really was awful. I consider myself a pretty strong person, but man, if you've ever had a person tell you, "Hey, you're getting fired from this job because Jesus told me to do Stop this," it. you're getting, Can't. you know, getting removed nope. from this organization as a leader because Jesus told us to. Um, you're losing this friendship because Jesus told me to. Listen, what's missing there is both accountability and vulnerability. Well, and, say that louder for the people in the back. You know, it's not a healthy response. No, and it's going to produce trauma because let me tell you what happened in me. I said. With that knowing, hey, that's illogical. Why would Jesus tell you to just cut me off? What? what how, how is that working with, Where is that with peace scripture? and with goodness Where and is that with grace, scripture? right? Nowhere. Even if I was, like say I was an emotionally abusive person in this relationship, which I've counseled women in those situations, even if that was what was going on and Jesus is telling you, hey, you've got to protect yourself. What we want to talk about here is the how. How do we do that? How do we function in a way that's honoring of the hearts of other people? Uh, listen, could you quit giving me these things that could be whole other episodes because I'm, I'm having to really contain myself over here? I'm real sorry. I'm just saying, oh, the Jesus said thing gets me bad. Because you know what? You're, you're a coward. Mm. You're a coward. And there, and there she said it. I'm saying it because you You've know what? Here first with Dr. Cassie Reed. No, I'm sorry. You, it's a, you're, that's a cowardly excuse. You are using something. The Lord does not work in confusion. Mm-hmm. So if you know what? She was feeling a thing and you were feeling a thing. You both would have felt it at the same time. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't work like that. Is not he? Our God is not manipulative. Ugh. So I'm just going to say right now, you're a coward. You're standing behind scripture slash Jesus said slash whatever religious jargon you want to do yeah. to be a bully That's and to choice. abuse people. Oh, 
Like yeah. that's abusive. That's abusive behavior. And I, Christianity I, will not, is I will not ever mm-hmm. back down from that. It's abusive because that's like, it's because you're basically putting an entity between you and the person that that can't be trumped. I call it emotional jail. That's like if I, oh, it if is. I walked up to you and punched you in the face, if I suggest, don't be mad, don't be mad at me. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. And then I walk up and I punch you square in the face. Guess what? I've put you in emotional jail because if you want to be mad, yeah. that's probably an accurate thing. If I'm going to punch you in the face. But we put people yeah. in jail because we're like immediately when you put the Jesus card down, that's like, oh, well, no arguments. Yeah. Trump card. Yeah. And, you know, what was what what she had said to me that really got me was like, you know, Jesus told me to do this. And, um, you know, I was worried about how you would experience it, that you would be really hurt because she knows intimate things about me. And she knew I was going to be really, really very hurt by it. But I knew that Jesus would take care of you. And I remember thinking, you think the same Jesus that you're telling me told you to walk away from me is the one that I'm going to want to run to in this moment? Because I didn't feel like that. There were days where I just looked at it and was like, you know, even though logically I was like, Jesus didn't tell you to do this. The thought of it, the seed of it planted in my body was like, but why? Why would you even use that? How did we get there? Why did you think you needed to use that? There were so many questions that came through. And guys, I'm strong in my faith. I love the Lord. Um, I counsel prophetically. Um, I believe in freedom, but I am also human. And I, well, I will tell you, uh, my my closest friend, though, Cassie knows, this experience, I am still healing from years later. I'm so, I'm having conversations with Cassie in real time as we're moving into these big things God's asking us to do and saying, listen, hey, I need you to be real with me because if you're going to build something and then leave, I, I need to know about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get broken in this. And I really love Cass and I trust her, but I'm also being really forthright mm-hmm. with like, I've got rejection trauma that I'm still trying to heal. And, you know, I've read a lot of books and I've done a lot of therapy and I've done freedom work and in my own life. I'm not just saying like as a counselor. And I think, man, if this brought me to my knees, what is it doing to people? Oh, what is it doing to people who that don't, don't have, have the that. skills? Oh my gosh. And that, guys, is why I'm doing this episode because I was really moved by that. I could sit and cry about it now because I'm like, how do those people cope with it? What happens? What What is impacted in terms of your identity yeah. when a person breaks you that way? You know. Mm. So if you have experienced, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I would love for you to you know, send your questions in and, and us open a, a conversation about what it's like to be ghosted, what it's like to be told hey, I had a family member, a friend, or a a pastor, or a leader that said, hey, Jesus told me to ostracize you. Jesus told me to cut you off. (laughs) I can't even, I I can't even, (laughs) I mean, you're over here in tears and I'm laughing because I'm like, that is so ridiculous. It's real though. It's real all the time. so real. I hear it all the time. And I literally want to come unglued like this, unhinged, for real, because it's like, it's laughable. Jesus told me to ostracize you. (sighs) He doesn't contradict his word. Yeah. He doesn't double speak. His yes is yes, his no is no. If he tells us to do it, he's doing it. And good luck finding that in scripture. Dear brethren, authorize your brother. I can't even say it. (laughs) Ostracize. Ostracize. (laughs) I'm so worked up. I can't even say the word. Ostracize your brother. So Cam's here. I feel like Cam maybe has some, he's had a lot of uh, my moments while we've been talking. Do you have insight? Do you want to share? <laughs> have you experienced something like this or do you just have thoughts? Oh my god! I gosh. put Cam on the spot. Yeah, because this is, I mean, this is a whole other, whole other episode. I, I have so many thoughts, but my main thought is you nailed it. That's oh. my main thing. You nailed it. There's a lot of people hurting 
because of what you said. And there, and Cassie, again, you nailed it, Doc. Like uh, using Jesus. I heard somebody say Jesus juke. It they, is a Jesus juke. It's a Jesus juke. That's what a John Acuff term, which Ooh, I love him. But it's uh, like, yeah, it's like you're going to use Jesus to... To do anything. And then when you said coward, that came from your gut. It did, because it is. It's cowardly. It is. Wow. Wow. Uh, we're going to be using pieces of this <laughs> yeah. to advertise. The, no, it's Because true. this was huge. What y'all said was huge. And um, we don't have enough time to go into another episode, but this deserves another oh, it'll episode. Come. It, no, it's coming. I think I will say to you, like, I love that you said to the people, I'm sorry, but I'm just saying to you, I'm sorry, Thanks. Jess, as like someone who does have a lot of tools, a lot of equipment in the sense of emotionally, like you've been equipped that way and just to have somebody do that to you. And it's interesting because I find that the more in tune you are with yourself, the more you're in tune with what's going on around you is the more, um, the harder people have to work. And use that. They use that trump card yeah. because they, um, they, our kids are trying to come out here and it's in the middle of this heated conversation. Um, but they, you know what I mean? Like they use that trump card because you actually can see, sense, and know and hear. And for you, I'm thinking about this person like facing you and maybe having some kind of feelings of inferiority, most likely, or something where it's like, she knew like that you would make her have to say a thing to her, to you. Like mm -hmm. you would get her down and say, okay, I need you to talk about this then. For what, sure. what did I do in this X experience that For, made yes. you feel why? And you were cowardly and didn't want to do that. So then therefore you brought the Jesus juke in, but because you are emotionally intelligent and are going to see sense here and know, and not allow something to just go on under your nose. Yeah. And I find that the people who are the most astute in that way are the people that the the Jesus juke thing comes even harder. Because it's like that's the only way we can get you to comp like mm -hmm. to not see it your way. Well, I tell my clients understanding produces compassion. And so in situations like this, I'm like, if there had been deeper understanding, there would have been better compassion. And I still don't understand. You know, I still don't, I still look at it and I'm like, I would love more understanding so I can continue to heal. I didn't feel heard in that situation, but that that's really what I was desperate for. Right. So it's like when you're in those situations where you've got your voice really taken away, you know, you look back on it and you're like, I, I was just desperate for some compassion. I was just desperate for you to be like, I, I don't understand either. And like, even if that means that you still have to part ways, Great. Man, that's okay. Let me be a better friend I don't for the know next that person. I would want to go back into that dynamic either. That was scary and hard. Um, no. However, you know, like I would still love to this day to have better understanding of like, how did we get there? What happened? Why did you feel like you needed to do that? Because even as a, a mental health provider, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know how people do that. You know, and my best friends have heard me over and over again, like just be like, how does how does someone do that? People I don't have that in me, me every week. Why are you having lunch with them? And I'm like, I don't know, because they asked me to have lunch with them. <laughs> now, maybe I need to have better boundaries, but I'm literally like, I can't even say no to a lunch, let alone be like, I'm going to cut you off without, without a discussion. You know, like, it's like, so and, and I mean, don't be like me. Don't be like me. I don't take you for a pushover. 
Are you a pushover? I am. Sometimes I can't. I mean, I think saying no is hard for me. Like, so that's where I think just the thought of that, though, the thought of just being like not talking to you ever again. Like, it's like, that mm. seems so foreign to me. Yeah, after like, a five year plus so, relationship. Yeah, it's so not foreign. like it was like we knew each other for 90 days or it's something. It's like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Not you. Not me, what? You're, you're, you're not a pushover. You're not getting pushed. No, boundaries are super important to me. So I, I actually feel a lot like I'm a bulldozer a lot of times. And so whenever I don't understand the boundary, I'm for sure hard after it. Like, I mean, I've had hard conversations with Cassie where I'm like, I got to understand this. Tell me more. Tell me more. But and it's not a bulldozer when it comes like that. To me, it's almost comforting. Sometimes it feels like that to me. <laughs> no, though, because it's I'm- comforting <laughs> to me because I like what I'm like is, wow, you're over communicating. Not even in a bad way. Like you're, you're going to communicate about the things that we think, but don't say that to me is emotional maturity. Like, I'm going to communicate to you about even thoughts that I've had. I've been like, oh, that was weird. You looked at me weird. Or, like, not, like, silly, but it's like, you'll be like, is that okay? Like, are you good with yeah. that? Like, yesterday you've been saying, like, she said to me, she's like, well, do you want me to come at four or seven? And I was like, I don't care. She's like, no, I need you to tell me four or seven. And I really didn't care. But I think it's that even, like, her wanting to know, like, you tell me the boundary. You tell me the time that you want me to come, and I'll come at the time you want me to come. And so it's like, I think that over-communication doesn't feel like, I hate the word over-communication because it sounds like you're communicating too much. It's not. I think it's healthy. Yeah. We as a culture, I mean, this is a whole other thing, too. I know we need to wrap up this episode, but we as a culture, because of Twitter and social media, have realized that actual healthy communication has become over communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're, we want to say it in 156 characters or how many is it? I don't even know. 156 characters. I want to be able to tell you how I feel and wrap it up where it's like, no, sometimes you need to be like, no, really, do you want me to come at five or seven or four or seven? Or what time do you want me to come? Like, I need you to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're not used to that because we've gotten so used to just communicating in snippets, text mm-hmm. messages, voice memos. Yeah. Like I know so many people who are like, don't call me. I don't want to talk on the phone. Oh, that makes me sad. It makes me sad too, but it's real. So let's talk about the how. How do you set healthy boundaries, not ghost people? How do you not use, I call it Christianity as a veil for your own insecurity. Whenever we say Jesus said, that's Christianity as a veil, people. And there's a lot of ways we use Christianity as a veil. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on how Christianity is uses a veil. We episodes that just came out of this one. Shoot. That's fine. But, Keep listening. Keep tuning in. Here, I think, is the first thing that I would say. If you feel like you need to establish a stronger boundary, um, yay for you in first recognizing you need a boundary. That's yes. really, really good. Snap, um, snap, snap. Gold stars. Um, how do we establish that boundary? I will tell my clients, you've got to do your own process work first. Don't think you're going to set a healthy boundary out of your own inner turmoil. And that happens a lot. Like people mm-hmm. will overshare, mm-hmm. um, kind of dump a bunch of stuff on you and be like, and this is why um, I I need to take a break from you. And I'm like, you can't come dump all that on me and then tell me I need to take a break so I can't respond to that. Well, I've heard stories like that too, where mm-hmm. I'm like, there was a little bit of that in my story too, where I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Uh, you just dumped a whole lot on me and you're basically saying, I don't get to respond. So first thing, guys, Mm -hmm. go in and sit with whatever's going on in that relationship and figure out what you are actually feeling. What am I feeling? Um, Not just about like, maybe I need to pull away because, you know, if you're traumatized, you'll go into flight and you'll think I just got to run. Right. Mm -hmm. So tempering that and being able to say, what am I actually feeling? I love writing it out. Just write out. I feel blank. It's very simple. Just I feel blank. What do I need? Maybe the answer is I need a break from this relationship. I need to step away. That's okay. Notice that. Uh, Don't be like trigger happy to just jump on that super fast, right? Sit with that for a minute. 
refine the emotion mm-hmm. that's connected mm-hmm. to it. So what you're bringing to that person is congruent with your emotional yeah. uh, rings with them, like yeah. your relationship rings, right? So people that are in my like super very core, they're going to get way more vulnerable information yeah. than my people that are like fifth tier right. out. But there's a risk to over communicating if we can use that word there, if that's like okay. It. There's a risk to over communicating that with like your fifth tier people. You don't sit down and do your own process work. So just like dump on them. Well, and what you're what you're doing really sometimes with a with a throwing up a boundary like that is it's almost like putting a band aid on an oozing wound. Yeah, like you can't you have to treat it. And yeah. like what you're trying to do is you're trying to band aid the situation. You're just trying to cover it up. Yeah, like you got a hot mess and you just throw a blanket over it. No, yeah. it doesn't work like that. The hot mess is still underneath. Like yeah. the wound is still festering underneath the band aid. And so, yeah, you can do the boundary. You can push that person out to 17th tier if you want to. But the reality of it is, is that wound is still there. So whatever the trigger is, it's going to give you clues and cues into what happened. Because you probably, and I'm not going to have you talk about this because you're not Cam and I only like to put him on the spot, but it's like, you're not, um, there's probably places in your past where that's happened to you. Like for me, like my mom dying, it's abandonment, Mm -hmm. right? Like is the client leaving me really the issue? No, the issue right. is I felt abandoned as an infant mm-hmm. and not my, that my mother abandoned me. She died, but it's the principle of that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling that comes out. That's the feeling that manifests. So it's like, okay, why am I feeling that way? Mm-hmm. What is it about this? That's triggering that mm-hmm. and treat the wound, put some neosporin, some peroxide on it. Like, cause that's what you're doing. You still might set the boundary Absolutely. and you still might not talk to that person for a month, but in doing that work, you're not covering a festering wound. Cause it's really not going to heal it. Yeah. But I think more often than not people that are setting those, well, not really saying about the people that are building those walls and that's their trauma response also. hundred percent. Right. It's like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just cut off and that's it. And Mm -hmm. that's all I know. That's probably what my own family of origin taught me is just cut off. And so that's just what we do. And that's acceptable. And what we're trying to teach is that there are better ways um, of doing that or more honoring. And especially if you're, you know, Christians, and I'm sure there's people are going to listen to this um, podcast that aren't believers and that's okay. Maybe you can learn some things too. You don't have to be Christian to listen to this, but like as believers, I think that there's a higher level of integrity that we should be functioning with and Mm -hmm. we should be able to model uh, healthy um, relational dynamics. And it breaks my heart that we're not Shocker. doing it better because that is the expectation is like, but they were Christian. So, and I'm like, yeah, but just because we're Christian doesn't mean we're mentally healthy. And so you got to do your work. You got to do your work, you know? And so figure out what's going on in you. I would say that. Um, just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're mentally healthy. It doesn't. <gasps> so stop telling people oh that. It's not. Gosh. It's not. Okay. I have 89 episodes. Okay. Oh my gosh. We have to wrap. We okay. have to wrap. It's so long. We're sorry. Okay, it's so long, guys. No, don't be doing? sorry. This is good. Like, and you know what? You guys can pause and you can come back and you can listen. You can come back. Can we just say something? Oh, say, I do. It. say it. Dang it. Just because you're Christian doesn't, doesn't mean <laughs> you're mentally healthy. Do you know how many people think that they well, are? Oh, they do. They do think you know that. Mean, you know how many old oh. school folks believe? Ah, you don't. You don't need that old therapy I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Good luck. Because because we hear with clarity whenever we are emotionally whole. We will hear Jesus when there's So what you're saying is you have a higher level with the Lord when you deal with your junk and your drunk. Absolutely. And a lower level, which is what's driving the behavior of... Hey, Jesus told me to. I'm like, you're not functioning with enough awareness to know what Jesus is telling you to well, do. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna butt in here and just say, 
y'all are hearing like world class human beings, doctors, Christians, people in the world that know what they're talking about, see a lot of people and you're getting, you're not just getting behind the scenes, you're getting in front of the scenes, you're getting a lot of material and hey, support this. Support this. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm going to butt in here. I'm going to butt in here. Can I just let you know, we have nothing to do with this. Cam is running all of that mm-hmm. part. Yeah, of but life. you mm-hmm. know what? He's right. I thought about it. He's right. I, I, I'm not asking for, I, I'm really not <laughs> asking for He said, anything. I'm not asking if you think I'm right or not. <laughs> no, no. I, no, I'm not. To, I would never say that. You I can. I don't want to get bulldozed. Um, so. Oh, oh, there he said it. That's all right. That's all right, sir. Uh, but I will say, hey, listen. Support this. Become a patron. Uh, join our team. And uh, listen, you will get to continue to hear these people tell you amazing things that you're just not going to hear everywhere. Okay? So there's my piece. And oh, Jessica, stop it right now. I know. You're dropping you're, the truth bombs. You're dropping too many gems for this episode. I know, literally. We get, we have to like listen to this and be like, but I will say, let's just recap real quick. Mm. Um, Thank you, Kim. The things so that you're going to do is you're going to develop your relationship rings. You're going to look at that, and that's an activity for you just to think about where are people in your circles. Um, and I think the second thing is if uh, is to ask yourself, you know, maybe even to look if you've ever had someone throw up a wall. Yeah. Ghost you, you know, and like what what was going on with that for you? And I think thirdly, if you've done that to someone um, or need to set a boundary with someone, obviously we gave you some tips to do that. Communicate, Mm -hmm. communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, But also like if you've had that done to you, I think it's, um, it's okay. And we're sorry. And, but I think processing that would really benefit you in the, in the long run, just like Jessica's being so vulnerable to do with us here. So Tune in next time. Who knows what? This was a bonus episode, so you know we gave you a lot of stuff. And um, but keep listening, and we'll keep bringing you um, different topics. We're about to. Um, we've got all kinds of things in the in the works, but narcissism and spiritual abuse are coming. And I think you heard a lot of that in our podcast today. So please like, subscribe. Um, tell your friends, post on socials, anywhere you want people to hear about us. We'd be grateful. We sure would. Thank you. Thank you.